At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is official. Duke is going to be going to the final four in the final season of Coach K. Who could have dreamed it possible as it is our number two of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. And we got to take you through what we wound up just kidding in the end of this Arkansas versus Duke game. Because I think for a while now, we thought that Duke with the side was going to be able to get there. Arkansas Looked like they had a little bit of life there with about 45 or so seconds ago. If you want to take a look at box score, it might be more like 44 and a half. Might have been more like 45 and a half, but about 45 seconds left. Arkansas generates a turnover. They're able to get a bucket. Cuts the lead to nine with 45 seconds. They don't fall. This is an Arkansas team that they worked very, very hard to get the Elite Eight. Were they going to come back? 99. 8% of the time, you don't wind up coming back down nine points with about 45 seconds to go, but a little bit surprising. And if you want to make the under, you're very, very happy. If you want to take the over, well, you are certainly hoping for some fouls there as this game is 78 to 69. Opening total was 147 half. Closing total in most places, 147 half. This lands 147. So that is the significance there. Duke has a four-point favorite on the open, four and a half on the close. They wind up being able to get there. They're going to be going to the final four, and they're going to be taking on the winner of the Peacocks of St. Peter's versus North Carolina. That is going to be very interesting, to say the least, because you've got one of two storylines here with Duke. With Duke, either you're going to have Coach K going up against the Peacocks in the final four, which that is the ultimate Cinderella, because you've got to think that a lot of people there pulling for Duke and everything like that. Coach K to be able to get to the national title game in his final season. Well, what more gift could you wind up getting than a 15 seed wind up going to the final four, or you wind up getting Duke versus North Carolina in the final four, the ultimate rivalry in all of college basketball. So just from a casual watching perspective, boy, oh boy, that is going to be very fascinating to see what we wind up getting in North Carolina versus St. Peter's. And I'll get into that game in a minute or two, but what we wound up seeing in this game as well with regards to this Elite Eight game. You've seen one over wind up hitting in, since the beginning of the Sweet 16. We have had since the beginning of the Sweet 16, nine unders, one over. Earlier today, Villanova versus Houston. That one you didn't need to sweat out if you wound up having the under. That was 50 to 44. Houston went one of 20 from three-point range. Literally, you could have had five Greg Petersons go one of 20 from three-point range in that game, and I wish I were kidding, but... 
you're hitting rim on 23 point shots you're bound to get one to be able to fall so that was not necessarily too terrific and then in this one obviously much more of a sweat because you wound up having a very high scoring first half if you wound up taking this in-game under you wind up doing a very solid job and i'm personally not someone that really dives in-game a lot but i am a believer in which if you're winding up getting a very nice differential in-game like we were seeing it here there were a lot of in-games like 156 157 and you're getting a closing total of right around 147 half some places i saw a few stray 148s out there as well that's a lot of line value that you wind up getting and oftentimes if you're able to play that game it doesn't wind up going too bad for you so that was something that was very intriguing as duke they get the job done in this one being able to go 29 to 53 from the floor and what has been a difference maker for duke here in the ncaa tournament is jeremy roach and I would argue that he didn't necessarily have the world's greatest game in the first half. He was able to look relatively solid. The set line doesn't necessarily do justice to what he wound up doing in this game. Nine points, five turnovers. He winds up going three of eight from the floor. How about what you were able to get down low to Mark Williams? So 12 and 12, he winds up chipping in their three blocks. And it's a Duke team that they have been able to do a good job with. Mark Williams being a little bit more of the primary rim protector. And then from there, you wind up having Bob Boncaro who's able to stretch a floor. In this game, 16 points, seven rebounds. So Duke... They're on to the final four. And how about if we wind up taking a look at the game that is going to be deciding who they are going to be facing off against as you're going to have North Carolina versus the Peacocks of St. Peter's. And on the flip side, we're going to be taking a look at some of these futures as well. Now that DraftKings is probably going to be relisting those once we wind up having just a little bit of post-game reaction. Typically, you wind up having the features come off the board in-game until you wind up having the game go final. Obviously, now we know Duke is going to be going to the final four, so that'll shade down their number along Villanova, but we'll go 643-644 here. North Carolina, a lot of places now find themselves an eight-and-a-half-point favor. Really, the lone eight that is standing right now is at DraftKings, as pretty much everyone else has went to an eight-and-a-half. Your total, you're finding it most places, 137. I'm seeing a straight 137-and-a-half where I'm based right now at Circa, and... This is a spot in which I did wind up saying North Carolina as an eight-point favorite. I was going to let the line dictate what way I was going to be playing this. Going to be putting me on St. Peter's. I think that it's just one of those cases in which you've got to be taking a look at the raw analytics, but you've also got to be taking a look at, I know some people hate to handicap it. Some people love to handicap it. Sort of those angles that you don't wind up finding on the spreadsheet. Momentum. Guys being able to just get into a rhythm and... I mean, is there a more, shall we say, demonstrative example of this than, say, Peters, a team that wound up losing on their home floor by double digits earlier this year against the Terriers of the St. Francis of New York Terriers. And, I mean, if you're looking at it, you're able to call them St. Francis of New York, St. Francis of Brooklyn. I know that it's one way or the other. Typically, you see it as St. Francis of Brooklyn, but... I mean, they lost to one of the poopiest teams in all of college basketball on their home floor by double digits earlier this season. They also wound up getting swept by the Siena Saints. You, on the flip side, have a North Carolina team that I would argue that after their loss against Pittsburgh about a month or so ago, they wind up losing on their home floor as a two-touchdown favorite. They've been one of the most impressive teams in all of college basketball. But when, with regards to North Carolina, I see a lot of similarities to what you wind up having with Purdue. With Purdue, you wind up having two dominant big men, Travion Williams, coupled with what you were able to get out of Zach Eady. Now, it's not quite as demonstrative with regards to having Zach Eady, who is seven foot 
four and just really can't step outside whatsoever. Armando Bacot is a little bit more well-rounded than that. No question about it. a guy that's able to give you right around 1.7 blocks per contest, 12 and a half rebounds, 16 points per game. I like his game. And then Brady Manick is that six foot nine combo player that's able to stretch the floor a little bit more of a stretchable big than Travion Williams. Williams is able to hit a couple threes, but Brady Manick much more in tune with that regard. But you take a look at the St. Peter's team and with regards to points a lot on a per possession basis, this is a team that they rank in the top 20 in all of college basketball. And it's a St. Peter's team that they've got a guy in Casey Unefu. I actually think he's going to be able to hold up a little bit better down low rather than what we were able to see against Purdue, which he wanted falling out of that game. He was the leader in block shots per game last season in college basketball. So he's a guy that he's able to do a very solid job with that regard. And then you take a look at North Carolina. They've been able to do a solid job with regards to the three point shooting this year, but Home and road splits are something that you want to be taking a look at with North Carolina. North Carolina in Chapel shooting 39% from three-point range. In a road and neutral court environment, that winds up falling to more around 34% from three-point range. And St. Peter's is doing an absolutely superb job of being able to cut off the arc. With regards to your 358 D1 teams, this is a team that they find themselves in the top 20 in all of college basketball with regards to opponents' three-point shooting percentage. And you wind up seeing that on full display against Purdue. Purdue winds up going 521 from three-point range, and one of those threes was just a absolute rainbow shot from Jane and Ivy that you wind up seeing in the closing second. So the Peacocks have been able to do a tremendous job with that regard. Opponents are shooting 29.3% from three-point range in a road and neutral court environment. That actually drops to 29.9%. So... It's a Peacock team that they've been able to do a superb job of being able to guard the three-point arc. Meanwhile, you've got a North Carolina team that, much like Purdue, they don't take advantage of what St. Peter's does bad. St. Peter's is a team that they turn the ball over nearly 14 times for contests. They're a mid-tempo team. St. Peter's is not a team that they necessarily gun it, uh, but at the same time, they're not a team that is necessarily going to be going super slow as well. North Carolina, out of 358 D1 teams, they are in the bottom 10. In all of college basketball, with regards to turnovers forced on a per-possession basis, this is a St. Peter's Peacocks team that you take a look at them. Among your 358 D1 teams, they're one of the lesser teams in all of college basketball being able to hold onto the ball. 295th in the country, as a matter of fact. They turn the ball over on 19.8% of possessions, but they've been going up against a lot of these teams, like a Purdue. Even, I would say, to a little bit of a lesser extent, Kentucky. Kentucky is a team that they force a few steals, not necessarily a ton, but they aren't a team that is necessary ball hawking and as a result St. Peter's has been able to get into rhythm on offense and you've got guys that are able to bury threes Doug Eater too I've always been saying that he looks like a guy that should be doing guitar riffs in a coffee shop I think a better example is he should be taking over whatever role Michael Sarah wound up having in Superbad only the difference is he's got a mustache I mean I see a lot of Michael Sarah in him personally but He's been burying threes. He shoots 88% at the free throw line. That's another key with the St. Peter's Peacocks team. 19 of 21 at the free throw line in their game against Purdue. This is a team that they shoot about 69% from the, for the season. And what you notice with St. Peter's is that their bigs can't shoot free throws. Their guards can. If they wind up getting their guards to the free throw line, that is going to be big for them because you've got a North Carolina team that they shoot right around 76.9, 77% at the free throw line. They're a top 25 team in all of college basketball with that regard. So staying out of foul trouble is going to be key for the Peacocks. And North Carolina is not a team that they draw a ton of fouls. A lot of their fouls wind up coming late in games when they're in the lead because they wind up taking so many jumpers. They're not a team that they necessarily get to the free throw line as much. So I actually think that this game matches up very well for St. Peter's, but You've also got to be asking yourself, St. Peter's wound up in their first game against Kentucky being an 18-point underdog. 
Looking back on it, I think we can all agree that the 18 was a little bit too big. I wound up taking St. Peter's in the first game. I did not advance them in my bracket. I did not wind up taking the big giant FD money line, but I thought 18 was a little bit disrespectful for a team that they hang their head on defense. With that said, should we have seen a 10-point line move from when they wound up playing against Kentucky two weeks ago against North Carolina now? A North Carolina team that they themselves have really risen with regards to their power ranking. I honestly think that with regards to the raw numbers, no, but I think... At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. That the factor that why it's coming in there is just the sheer belief that you've got in the St. Peter's. I think that you've got to be taking a look at things a little bit outside of the metrics because this is just one of these cases in which you've got a very unique situation because... I mean, I don't know if you have any experience handicapping a 15 versus 8 matchup, but I don't because this is the first time we've ever seen it in the NCAA tournament. So I'm landing on the side, taking eight and a half here with St. Peter's. With regards to the total, I wound up setting mine at 137, seeing the 137 half here at Circa and just the way that these games have been going in general. I'm going to be leaning a little bit more on and under and coming up next, we're going to take a look at the futures market in college basketball right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Are you ready for a fresh start? And by that, I mean a real fresh start. With lasting change, take the Zen 10 Challenge and switch up the way that you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today at ZYN.com slash 10. That is ZYN.com. And then the number 10, not T-E-N, but actually the number 10. Zen Nicotine Pouches are only for adults 21 years or older who currently use tobacco or nicotine. And warning, this is a product that contains nicotine. Nicotine, it is an addictive chemical as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And we've got half of our final four set. We are going to be taking a look at the other half tomorrow. And if you want to missing what we're going to be going for the DK Nation pick with, we're going to be hitting that once again in the final segment. And if you miss anything with regards to the show, we wound up having Josh Showers on in our number one, vcin.com slash podcast, or you're able to download the Best Bets podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, list goes on and on. Oliver, our man behind the scenes, always posts up all those hours. He does absolutely amazing work. And everyone behind the scenes over here at VEASAN does. So you've got Mikhail, always gets 
me set up on the audio. Brian Ortega, my wonderful producer. Nick, our technical director. All these guys, best in the business. They are the reason why we've got this show on the air right now. So always appreciate all that they do. I work with the best in the business. Sometimes when you're working with the best in the business, you try to be able to match them. Arkansas pick, mine's going down in smoke at the under. So I'll take the under and you know what? You always wind up having your hits and your misses. That one was not necessarily the world's greatest one, but now you take a look forward to the next one. And what you've got to be taking a look at is the odds of these teams be able to win the national championship. And if you're looking at some of these odds and you're out East, you're going to notice that in a lot of places, you might not be able to get a number with regards to being able to find our good friends, the St. Peter's Peacocks. And I'm actually seeing right now with regards to everything that it's just absolutely rambunctious right now coming into the day kansas was your short shot right around plus 270 the odds are now two to one on them with houston bowing out coming into the day houston was actually the number two team on the board at plus 350 duke was at four to one obviously that was with not knowing what we were going to get there and at bet mgm they had st peter's at 40 to one so if you're looking at DraftKings right now you're going to be finding no number on them because they wind up excluding all the new jersey teams and i will just always laugh at this Whenever I read the the futures board for however long the St. Peter's run lasts, it says winner without Rutgers and Seton Hall because they're thinking those are the only two New Jersey teams that have a legitimate shot. Well, you can't have on there the St. Peter's Peacocks either. So that just always brings me a big, giant, hearty chuckle. But right now you're finding Duke at plus 160 over there at DraftKings. From there, you've got Kansas at 2-1. to one. Villanova is plus 280. North Carolina is plus 650 and Miami is 16 to one. And I really think that this is a time in which if you're wanting to fire it on one of these, the only way I'd be able to do so is if you've got a little bit of information as to what in the world is going to be going on with Justin Moore, because I do think that that injury is very critical for a Villanova team that for the most part, they've been using a six man rotation this year. So if he winds up being out of the fold, they're going to have five regulars. And then, well, you need to find someone off the bench to be able to give this team minutes and that's going to be a big hamperance. I think that it's going to be Kansas that winds up being able to represent that region in the final four. We will be seeing what winds up happening with regards to that. But I do think that it's going to be very, very fascinating to see what happens with that regard. As if you're also taking a look at most outstanding player of the NCAA tournament award coming into the day, Kyler Edwards at plus 700. Needless to say, he's not going to be winning the award after we, we wound up seeing. You wound up having coming into the day, O'Shea Obagi at plus 750, which I think that that's a solid look. If Duke, now that they're in the final four, Paulo Boncaro at 8-1 is worth a relative solid look. And if you're looking a little bit further down the board, I'm sure that there are a lot of places that they wind up having this off right now. I'm not seeing it on DraftKings as of right now, but most outstanding player of the NCAA tournament award. I do think that you might have a little bit of value with what we wound up seeing out of Mark Williams as well. He's been able to do an absolutely tremendous job down low. He hasn't necessarily had that one just breakout, absolute domination sort of game, but he's been a steady Eddie guy for this Duke team. And Jeremy Roach, he wound up having himself a game in which I felt like he played relatively solid. The stat line that you're going to see on him, it's a little bit of a case of Medusa in which it doesn't necessarily represent how he wound up playing. He wound up having, I think it was something like four or five turnovers, eight points. So that's certainly something that not going to be catching your eye. But you take a look at Mark Williams today. He wound up having 12 points, 12 rebounds. He wound up having in that Texas Tech game, a trio of blocks, a rebounds. And this is a guy that has been really, really good down low for the Duke team. He's had at least three blocks and now each out of the four games here in the NCAA tournament. So if you're looking at a little bit of a long shot, I'd be looking at Mark Williams. And I think that it is going to be intriguing to take a look at this Duke team because now they've got a final in which they're going to be playing against 
either North Carolina or the Peacocks of St. Peter's saying they're going to be the favorite in either of those games against North Carolina. The line is certainly not going to be double digits like we wanted to think for the last game at Cameron Indoor. The line when they won playing at North Carolina, by the way, was three and a half. So I would have to think that you'd be finding something in the middle if it winds being Duke versus North Carolina. What I'd be setting my line at depends on what we wind up getting out of North Carolina. I'd probably be leaning if we wind up getting North Carolina versus Duke. Duke being a five-point favorite is probably what I'd be looking at. Maybe you shaded up a half a point or down a half a point, depending upon how North Carolina was up looking. If they wind up having a just really, really bad performance against St. Peter's, they wind up winning like some 62 to 59 game that takes college basketball back to the dark ages. You may be wind up going a little bit closer to five and a half. If they wind up looking absolutely rambunctious, St. Peter's winds up losing 100 to negative 17. Obviously, if they wind up scoring negative 17 points, that really is sad because that can't happen. But with that said, if you wind up having just a complete dump trucking, then you wind up shading up North Carolina a little bit more. But I do think that Duke certainly going to be the team that you want to be taking a look at there. And if you're not wanting to fire in on a Duke feature, because plus 160, just not necessarily a lot of value when you take a look at it for two games. And I mean, if you'd really want to be able to get a little bit more value, if you think that St. Peter's is going to be bowing out and you think that Duke is going to have to play against Kansas along with North Carolina, you'd probably be able to just do a money line rollover and get a little bit better than plus 160, but a way to be able to actually get some value on the futures market at this point, because I mean, with regards to that, you're just not getting a whole lot of bang for your buck regardless of if you're taking the futures market if you're taking a rollover it's just gone at this point with having only two games remaining for Duke to be able to win a national championship but the way that you're able to find it is identify that player that you think is going to be critical for Duke if you think that they're going to be able to win the national championship and be able to fire in on them with regards to the most outstanding player award like I said with Paulo Bancaro coming into the day he was at eight to one Mark Williams was certainly further down the board and I mean, the fact that Mark Williams coming into the day was worth of 25 to one actually does surprise me a little bit because I mean, should he be the short shot right now to be the most outstanding player of the NCAA tournament? No, but this guy is playing some absolutely tremendous basketball. And I would say that he's been an underrated X factor for this Duke team. He wound up going over his point prop in, or actually he did not. He wound up only scoring two points in the second half. I was about to say, because his point prop in a lot of places was 12 and a half. I thought that with that in the first half, he certainly was going over, but you know, he's wound up scoring two points in the second half. He went over his rebound prop. That is for sure. You, you don't wind up getting too many props with regards to block shots and everything like that when it comes to college basketball, but he's been able to do a great job all tournament long of being the rim protector for this team. If he goes off has a big game in the final four, regardless of the opponent, that's really going to be standing out. And I think that that's just so key with regards to being able to base most outstanding player awards, as well as that when it comes to the voters and it's just anything that's voted on, it could be odds to be able to win the MVP in the NFL. It could be Cy Young Award in baseball, which is something that I've been talking about a little bit. List goes on and on. With regards to these awards, you have to be putting your your sort of just mind in the brain space of voters, which sometimes that could be a deep, dark, depressive place. But with that said, you've got to be thinking in the mindset of a voter. It's not necessarily going to go to the guy that wound up from start to finish having the best tournament, having the best season. List goes on and on. A lot of voters, they like flashy moments they like signature wins they like guys that wind up closing out strong and sometimes they'll value that a little bit more than the open and right now with regards to duke 
I do think that you have a chance with Mark Williams being able to have a monster game in the Final Four and or National Championship that that would be able to put him in very good footing as well. By the way, Brady Manick at 25 to 1 as well coming into the day. Don't think that there's necessarily too bad a value there. If you take a look at the way that North Carolina has been playing, obviously Caleb Love has been the better performer in the NCAA tournament, but Manick, you saw just how big of a drop-off there was with North Carolina when he's out of the fold in that game against Baylor. He is very much a key to that team. So I think that's very intriguing to take a look at that. And I think that it's just interesting in general. Hey, you do have all these teams just so tightly knit together with regards to the future sport as well. Like I said, with BetMGM coming into the day, they were listed at 40 to one at DraftKings right now. They just aren't on the board. They're not listed in New Jersey. So that is something that I'm going to be taking a little bit of a look at as well. And when it comes to the two final four games, that those are really going to be shorting it as well. Because if you take a look at the way that Duke wound up falling down the board with regards to their win. If Kansas is able to get by Miami, you've got to think that they'd probably be placing Kansas and Duke right around the same area. I would say probably about a plus 160 on both of those teams is what you're probably taking a look at if Kansas winds up being able to get the job done. And if you think that Kansas is going to be bowing out tomorrow to Miami, you probably want to take the plus 160 right now with Duke because you're not going to be able to find more value with that. Where you're able to find a lot of value, though, is whenever Steve Quist winds up joining the show, he does absolutely tremendous work for ESPN as a play-by-play voice for their college basketball coverage. He's going to be joining me next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. miles a day every day while doing his podcast and answering your tweets some call him a savant some call him a machine some call him g-unit he is greg hoops peterson download greg's daily podcast at beeson.com slash podcasts and right now you can get everything we have to offer through may 1st for only 19 dollars. plus our betting guides for the masters major league baseball and the nfl draft sign up right now for only 19 dollars at beeson.com slash draft the spring sports betting calendar is action-packed, and VEASAN has the expert analysis you need to cash in. Right now, you can get everything we have to offer through May 1st for only $19. Daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, full access to VEASAN.com data, plus our betting guides for the Masters, Major League Baseball, and the NFL Draft. Don't wait. Give yourself the betting edge this spring. Sign up right now for only $19 at VEASAN.com draft. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose Wendy's from their stacked lineup like the Breakfast Baconator, Croissant Combos, and Hot and Cold Coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends oven baked sizzling bacon fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to be able to break it, bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely and choose Wendy's. As it is a great Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. And it's great to be joined by our guest, Steve Quist. Does absolutely amazing work doing college basketball coverage, play-by-play work for ESPN. Also, a man that if you wind up turning on the TV out there in San Diego, California, from time to time, you can catch him on some TV broadcasts as well over there doing local news. And Steve, great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me, man. Best time of the year. We're down to, what, uh, two, four, six teams. That's it. That's all they can win the national championship as I speak to you here tonight. 
Yep, absolutely. We do have a couple other titles to be able to pass out as well, like the NIT and the now the basketball classic, which it's always yeah. strange being able to transition from the CIT, but certainly those aren't the big ones. And when it comes to what you've seen thus far in the NCAA tournament, what have been some of your thoughts? Because I mean, we notice it once again, the ACC has been one of the most successful conferences in all of college basketball at being able to win titles. There are just certain conferences like for instance, the big 10, it's been a while since the PAC 12 has been able to get it done again. And, once again, a yeah. tough year for both of those conferences. What do you think it winds up coming down to? Because we just wind up seeing the same teams. We wind up seeing the same coaches year in and year out be able to make these runs. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to toughness. Um, you know, I think you saw Houston was a lot tougher than Arizona on Thursday night. Um, you know, North Carolina was a lot tougher than uh, than UCLA uh, last night. And you just can't have a bad day in the tournament and you look at it and it's, I think at the end, you know, that team that wins the six games or seventh, if they wind up coming out of the, you know, the first four is just a team that doesn't have a bad day for goodness sakes. I mean, there's a lot of talented teams, with a lot of talented players, and it's so hard every year to pick it, but I think it comes down to toughness and not having a bad day. And, and whoever cuts down the nets, you know, on that Monday coming up here, two Mondays from now is going to be one team that, you know, was able to to play three full weeks without having a, a, a really bad day. You look, you know, Houston's case in point. Um, everybody was talking them up today after what they did to Arizona, and it was amazing what they did to Arizona. They hit nine of 23s. They got every offensive rebound, and then today they come out and uh, and go one for 20, for goodness sakes, from the from three. And it's like, wow, where was that? Well, there's your bad day right there. So, you know, to answer your question, can't have a bad day, and then you've got to be tough, and, it, and it's looking like these East Coast teams uh, are a heck of a lot tougher in almost every spot than, than teams out on the West and the big 12. I mean, everybody's, uh, I'm sorry, the big 10, everybody's certainly laughing about that. All the sports radio that I, w I went through between now, you know, this morning and, and, and just a few minutes ago talking about how, you know, nine teams in and, and nobody left. So um, eventually they're going to have to figure out how to get that done. I'm not sure how they will. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a very disappointing last few years for the Big Ten. Being someone from the great state of Wisconsin, lots of money has been made betting against the Big Ten in March oh, the yeah. last few years. That is for sure. And when it comes down to it as well, with regards to the team that you think has the best chance to be able to win the NCAA tournament, who is that in your opinion? Because I want to have taken them in my bracket coming in. I'm still riding with Kansas, and a big reason why is a guy that you've had a chance to see up close and in person, Remy Martin. I think that he is the ultimate X factor in this NCAA tournament. Now, Jeremy Roach coming about for Duke. That is a big one as well, but I still like Kansas's chances, even with everything that we've wound up seeing, because Remy Martin is looking like the preseason All-American candidate that, he, that we thought he was going to, and it's coming at just the right time. Yeah, I mean, that was a really good grad transfer. And I've, I've seen that kid play since he won a state championship early in his career at Sierra Canyon. I mean, he was one of the first guys that actually turned Sierra Canyon, that high school program now with Ronnie James and all those kids into what they are today. He was the, you know, the foundation for this thing. He's playing well. I just have to, I just have to think that um, what I just witnessed with Duke right now, um, again, without, if they can not have a bad day, I think that is, is starting to line up to be one of the most incredible stories, right? That Krzyzewski now gets into his 13th Final Four and who very well might it be opposite against, but North Carolina, the team that they, you know, lost to at, uh, you know, in Duke. Uh, and then remember after the game when he said that, that can't happen again. That was awful basketball that you watched and all that. Now he might get 
redemption in the national semifinal game and just the way the script is being uh, written right now by the basketball gods above. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Duke, and uh, I would say uh, Kansas is probably right there uh, as the as the team that will meet him in the championship from what I've seen so far. Yeah, I think that it's going to be really intriguing to see what we wind up getting in that Final Four game as well because Duke, they're going to be playing the winner of St. Peter's versus North Carolina. And if you have not a lot of experience taking a look at a game like this, well... Nobody does because we have never seen a 15 seed in the Elite Eight. I don't think anyone ever thought we would be able to get a matchup like this. And and it's just the biggest parallels in all of college basketball because I talked about it time and time again. We wind up seeing the same teams in these spots. Villanova and Duke being able to make the Final Four not necessarily sending shockwaves for a lot of people. You've got guys in Jay Wright and Coach K that have both been able to win multiple championships. North Carolina, the coach is new, but... The brand is the same. You still got a lot of guys that were holdovers from a season ago. This St. Peter's team is the ultimate momentum of momentum teams. Nobody in their right mind wanted to take St. Peter's to the Elite Eight unless if you're either A, a St. Peter's graduate, or B, you did a flip a coin bracket and the coin decided to pick St. Peter's. So you've got that going on. But how do you take a look at a game like this? Because I know that you've evaluated just all forms of basketball. You've done a couple Pac-12 games. You've done a lot of Mountain West work. And I know you do some work out there in the Big West as well, where you wind up finding a lot of teams in quite a few seasons. They find themselves in a 14-seed game. Heck, this year, Kelsey Fullerton yeah. was the 15-seed that wound up going up against Duke. So that's obviously yeah. a relatively similar level of competition. How do you evaluate a game like this? Because it's just something we've never seen before. Yeah, I mean, I think back, I mean, the closest would have been, what, George Mason? all those years ago with uh, Jim Laranaga as the head coach, which I can't believe it's already been, I saw it today, it's already been like 15 years since he had George Mason there. It feels like it was like four or five years ago, for goodness sakes. My, how time flies. Um, and who would have thought that, um, you know, the, the St. Peter's job might be better than the Seton Hall job when it's all said and done, right? Because Shaheen Holloway is probably most likely headed to uh, Seton Hall. It sounds like it's a, it's a done deal. But, I mean, this thing, this is amazing, this run right here. And normally I would pick against him, but, I mean, if you if you saw what they did to Purdue the other night and how good they were against Kentucky, I mean, there's there's, I mean, I I can't pick against St. Peter's in this in this game other than to say I think the way the basketball gods have it lined up that it's going to be Duke and North Carolina uh, in that uh, in that semifinal game, uh, national semifinal game in, in Shashevsky's last year. Uh, but what what uh, it's been amazing run by St. Peter's. It's it's been just fantastic and fun to watch and uh you know, i hope i'm wrong but i think uh i think carolina will prove to be uh too too tough i think carolina learned its lesson getting up big against baylor and then kind of you know taking the pedal off the off the floor there and uh, nearly lost that game very well could have, could have lost that game as it went into overtime after blowing a 25 point lead but i think uh i think carolina's just becoming uh will be too tough for st peter's uh, tomorrow <laughs> I was about to say, could you imagine if we wound up getting St. Peter's versus Duke in the final four in Coach K's final season and St. Peter's would, would be the team that fights and sending Coach K into retirement? I mean, that would be the most hilarious thing ever. I mean, nobody in their right mind would have ever said, you know what? The team that's going to send Coach K into retirement is the Peacocks of St. Peter's. That would be yeah. one of the most hilarious things ever. And then I know that you've had... I was going to say, you brought up Cal State Fullerton. I was just thinking right now, and they were a 15 seed too, right? Yep. If Fullerton, I mean, Fullerton and St. Peter's could play, uh, you know, in a regular season game, 
And that would be St. Peter's traveling to Fullerton for probably like a bye game, for goodness sakes. Isn't that, isn't that amazing that, to think about how St. Peter's wouldn't even been in the, in the regular season favored by, you know, any point. They'd be probably a 10-point underdog if they had to go to Titan Gym and play Cal State Fullerton out of the Big West. That's how improbable this story has been. That's insane. I wouldn't set it quite at 10, but St. Peter's, if they wind up having to go out to the state of California, they would be yeah, they an underdog be in that spot. I mean, yeah. that, on a neutral court, I would probably have those teams relatively equal personally, but yeah, I mean, it's just absolutely insane. Coming into the NCAA tournament, now you probably would be giving St. Peter's a little bit more respect, but got about oh, yeah. 30 Definitely. or so seconds left with regards to this Kansas team. I think that's going to be really intriguing to see what we wind up getting out of them from Miami. How much does Charlie Moore bring to the table for Miami? Since I know that you've had a little bit of an up close view of him in recent years. Yeah. Um, good player. Good, good little run right here. Decent coming I mean, at not, I don't want to say decent cause that's not fair, but a heck of a coach and who's kind of a little bit of a great storyline himself. So, you know, Miami's playing on a run again, you know, I saw this with Arizona in 97. They weren't the best team in the tournament, but they won the whole thing, right? Because they had luck on their side. They didn't have a bad day. Uh, they were faster than everybody. And Miami seems to be really tough. So they might be able to win this game tomorrow. I'm not counting on it. But, um, you know, let, let's see, man. It's going to be another great day on Sunday watching college basketball. It is going to be a great day. And it's always great to get Steve Quist on the show. Steve, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Coming up next here on the Greg Peterson Experience, going to be diving into some off-the-beaten-path college basketball right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Drink smooth, draft smart, and make it count. Compete this March with the Whiskey and Win series presented by Jack Daniels. Play for free in contests for your shot at a chance of $24,000 in total cash prizes. Shot. Very, very clever right there. Head over to DraftKings.com slash Jack Daniels in order to join in on the action now. Jack Daniels, make it count. 21 years or older on At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This one, terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And please, as always, do drink responsibly as it is the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. A big thanks to Steve Quiz. Does absolutely amazing work over there at ESPN. Their play-by-play coverage of college basketball. And 
He is a man that if you're ever out there in the San Diego area, from time to time, you'll catch him on the TV as he does a couple TV broadcasts out there as well. In the final hour of the Greg Peterson experience, we're going to be hitting upon a little bit of baseball for the upcoming season as well. That's getting into full swing. That's really my number two sport. I always love college basketball. This is my time of year. And then from there, we transition into baseball. So going to be giving you guys what I'm taking a look at with regards to some of the futures market couple more teams that I'm a little bit bullish on, bearish on coming into the season, their season win totals. And then we're going to be re-racking what we've all got for Sunday with regards to college basketball as well. But let's also take a look at the off the beaten path games in college basketball. By this, I mean the non-NCAA tournament games because the CBI is wrapped up with regards to college basketball. But as I always say on the show, money is money. It doesn't matter if you're going to be betting on the final four. It doesn't matter if you bet on the Super Bowl or if you wind up betting on... For instance, Monday's game between Coastal Carolina and South Alabama. You're able to make a little bit of cash here, by the way. Also on Monday, you're going to have Southern Utah versus Fresno State. We're really not seeing a number up for this game, but I'll be handicapping that one once I wind up getting home. So have no fear. I'll be having plays on that in the morning as well. But 887, 888. You've got Coastal Carolina against South Alabama. This is a true home game for South Alabama. They find themselves a three-point favorite with your total on this game between 137 and 137 half. You got a pair of teams that have really been able to hang their head on defense thus far. You got a Coastal Carolina team in which they've got Isam Mustafa, who I think is going to be able to keep them very live in this game. You've got a guy, Mustafa, who's been able to do a tremendous job with regards to rebounding. He's able to give you right in the pocket of about nine and a half rebounds per game. He's been able to give you a double digit amount of points. Then you've got out there in the backcourt, guy Rudy Williams, who's been able to shoot over 40% from three point range, along with the St. John's transfer and Vince Cole. Both of these guys combined to be able to give you right in the neighborhood about 26, 27 points per contest. So these guys are relatively solid. For South Alabama, it's been a team that has been dealing with a couple of injuries. So you do want to be taking note of this one, which is why I do feel like we've seen this number drop down a little bit further. And you don't have to wind up looking too far to be able to find a little bit of a track history between these teams because you've actually got both of these teams who reside out there in the Sun Belt, South Alabama and Coastal Carolina, which that actually does help out with the handicap a little bit in this one. It's a South Alabama team that... They did wind up giving up their points to USC Upstate, but by and large has been a top 75 team with regards to defensive efficiency, merely the amount of points that you allow on a per possession basis. But they are going to be without J.J. Chandler in this game. J.J. Chandler, a guy that winds up coming in from Texas A&M, and it's really been solid for the team. 15 and a half points doesn't give you really a lot of rebounds. That's what you entrust in with regards to some of your other pieces like Javon Franklin, who winds up coming in from Auburn. But he's been able to do a solid job of just being able to keep things flowing in general for this team, but you do want to be taking note of what you're going to be able to get with regards to that injury front as well, because it's a Coastal Carolina team that they've been without a couple backcourt pieces throughout much of the season. So they've been dealing with a couple funky bunch rotations. And then when it comes to what you're able to get out of South Alabama as well, I mentioned it with JJ Chandler, but now on top of that, you got a guy in Charles Manning who only wanted to play eight minutes in that game against USC upstate. That is a little bit of a red flag for you. Now you take a look at the last time these two teams wound up playing and it was actually on the road against Coastal Carolina. South Alabama got the job done in that game by kind of 71 and 68. That's a game in which you did wind up having South Alabama do a very solid job, 16 of 19 at the free line. So they were able to be relatively efficient there. And you've got a Coastal Carolina team that they themselves are a team that they were a little bit off with regards to their three-point shooting on that day, 8 of 24 from distance. But what I think is going to be 
Key for South Alabama in this game, trying to be able to generate a few turnovers. They were only able to get eight in that contest. Coast Carolina is a team that, from time to time, may have a little bit of a tough time holding on to the ball. And if you are without Charles Manning, along with J.J. Chandler, the guy that's really going to need to step up, in my opinion, K.O. Gonsalves, a guy that stands right around six foot eight, is able to shoot right in the neighborhood about 38, 39% from three-point range. And then you've got the Memphis transfer in Lance Thomas. Boy, oh boy, is this guy better on the block, by the way. I think that he was like something like a four-star recruit during the recruiting class of 2017. Could never get on the court with Louisville. He wanted transferring to Memphis. Spent a, like a year starting for Memphis. And now he's been a little bit of an afterthought here for the South Alabama team. But he's a guy with talent. He only gives you right around three points, two rebounds per game. But he's been getting a couple more minutes. He's been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to provide the seam a little bit more on the glass. And those injuries does have me shading down my total a little bit more in this game. I did wind up saying it at a 136. So I'm going to be taking a look at an under in this spot. And with that said, this is a this is a Coastal Carolina team that they really do have some of their struggles with regards to just being able to grab rebounds for guys not named Isam Mustafa as well. You've got Abrima Diba, who's able to give you right around six assists per game, but also turns the ball over three and a half times per game. I do think that the overall defense of South Alabama is going to be able to win out. And when it comes to these smaller tournaments, you noticed it with regards to the NIT as well. The early round games, it's just an overpalooza because you got a lot of teams that when they wind up going up against your likes of Alcorn State and Company, it just becomes open gym. The teams really don't care. And then once you wind up getting down to the Elite Eight, the final four of these tournaments, all of a sudden, oh boy, we should start playing a little bit of defense. I think that you're going to see a little bit of that here because they wind up seeing a little bit of a less than tremendous South Alabama defensive team in that last game against USC Upstate that made the over a very easy catch, but... I think that South Alabama is going to be able to win from within, which Javon Franklin set them as a three-point favorite. So here at the two and a half, like we're seeing, I'd be willing to lay it. I'm going to be waiting on a little bit more of a line move as well. I do want to see a little bit more with regards to the status of Charles Manning moving forward for South Alabama as well. But at the current number, I'd be looking at South Alabama and I'd be taking a look at an under. And then we've got two games out there in the NIT as well. You've got St. Bonaventure and Xavier, Washington State and Texas A&M. We'll start with the first game of 647-648, Xavier. A one and a half to a two-point underdog with your total on this game. Anywhere between 140 and a half and 141. And I'm going to be willing to lay the one and a half here with St. Bonaventure. Set this line at two. Got a Xavier team that they're in a lot of transition because Archie Miller is now going to be taking over the program, but he's not coaching right now. You've right now got the interim coaching regime. And if you remember Paul Scruggs, he's the guy that wound up intentionally fouling in that game against Butler and single-handedly torpedoed Xavier chances of being able to get to the NCAA tournament. I hate to put it that way, but we all know that it's true. Well, he's going to be out of the fold for this game. He wound up suffering a season-ending injury, so he's going to be out for Xavier. Meanwhile, St. Bonaventure, they really only play five guys, but these five guys have been very solid for this team. Oshun Oshuni is able to give you three blocks per contest, right around 11.5 points per game. Should be also stated as well, where St. Bonaventure is located, only in New York. Where is the NIT semifinals and finals being played? Madison Square Garden. You've got to expect that the Bonnies faithful are going to be out for this game. This is a big deal for St. Bonaventure. For Xavier, they are used to being in the NCAA tournament. They are used to being able to win games in the NCAA tournament. They're a team out there in the Big East. For St. Bonaventure out the Atlantic 10, this is a little bit of a bigger deal. I think that motivation is something that you want to take a look at. You also want to take a look at the way that St. Bonaventure takes care of the ball. Only about 10.5 turnovers per game. Meanwhile, you've got a Xavier team that they're not truly bad at anything, 
They're not truly great at anything. They're right around like 75th, 80th with regards to points scored and points allowed on a per possession basis. I like what you're able to get out of Jack Nunn. She's able to give you 14 points, seven and a half rebounds per game. But now being down Paul Scruggs, that means that the backcourt is going to be having a little bit of a tougher time. Same bond adventure is a team that they play relatively slow to start with. They're in the bottom one arm with regards to possessions per game. Xavier was a little bit more of an up-tempo team, but I think that having Paul Scruggs out of the fold is going to cause them to play a little bit slower. And this really goes for both the games they're going to be seeing out there at MSG. You just notice it with regards to college basketball teams that aren't named St. John's. When they wind up playing an MSG, it becomes a brick fest. I mean, you wind up seeing it with the Jimmy V Classic. These teams just could not hit a three to save their lives. Tennessee wound up going six of 40 from three-point range in a game, and Texas Tech didn't wind up doing a whole heck of a lot better. I mean, it's something that just year in and year out. Every single time you get college basketball games at MSG, everyone just craters with regards to their three-point shooting. I have no idea how. I have no idea why. Maybe it's nerves. Maybe it's guys that are living out a childhood dream. Maybe it's a backdrop. I don't know, but... It is a case of which you wind up seeing these three-point shooting percentages really drop. So I do like the under in this game. I wind up setting it at a 134. But the bodies, I do think that Dominic Welsh and Kyle Lofton are going to be able to do enough to be able to get the job done out there in the backcourt. So I am going to be willing to lay up to a deuce here with St. Bonaventure as well. And then with the other game that we're going to be seeing, I'm going to be hitting this on the back half of the show in the final hour. You've got a Washington State team that comes in facing off against Texas A&M with Texas A&M finding themselves... In the neighborhood, about a point and a half favorite. You've got the total anywhere between 133 and 134. I did wind up saying Texas A&M more on one and a half point favorite. This game did wind up opening up pickups. So we've got a little bit of line movement there. And I'm going to be going through what I'm taking a look at in that final. I'm going to be going through what I am taking a look at in that final game as well. And we're going to be getting that in the final hour of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.